So like a, a Taiwan Little Eats is on the list. And, you know, I, I had some friends who talked about it pretty pretty vocally as just being really interesting and, and the menu being kind of like eye-popping to a certain extent. And I went and it was just jam-packed with people, like no seating room at all. Unfortunately, I was planning on taking it out anyway. So, you know, knowing that it's got that popularity, I've seen people talking about it. Before I ever set foot in there, I know this is probably going to be a place that's going to merit attention. Welcome to The Corner Table, a Capital Times podcast about food and drink in Madison. We've got a restaurant-themed episode for you this week. One of the things I love about writing about Wisconsin food is the variety, from scalloped potatoes and meatloaf to high-end tasting menus. I'm your host, Cap Times food writer Lindsay Christians, and my favorite person to talk about this kind of stuff with is Kyle Nabilsi, a longtime Isthmus restaurant critic and author of the Two Cent Pint column. He just finished the Eater heat map for Madison. He's got tips to share about bar burgers and weeknight specials. And he also has a couple of picks for this year's James Beard Awards on May 7th. Give a listen. Welcome, Kyle. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming in today. I am excited to talk about restaurants. As always. So, uh, first of all, the James Beard Awards, the big gala business, is coming up in Chicago very soon. As we call them, the Westminster Best in Show of Food. Is that what we call them? Something like that, yeah. So, I am curious, uh, who's on the shortlist this year and who are you rooting for? So, in the in the category that uh, also uh, holds Madison, um, it's the uh, it's the knockdown drag out of uh, Milwaukee versus Minneapolis. Um, so yeah, we've got, uh, there's no St. Louis, which is kind of unusual this it's, year. You yeah, know, that's totally unusual. In the, yeah. In the short list there. They were in the long list, you know, they, they won recently too. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, Bavette and Ardent in Milwaukee, uh, versus Tilia, Young Joni, and probably the biggest, uh, heavyweight, at least from the Twin Cities area, Spoon and Stable, um, which is one of those, you know, uh, New York accomplished chef comes home and opens a very nice restaurant in his hometown kind of deal. Um, so yeah, it's those five. So first of all, tell us who are the two in Milwaukee? Those are closest to us. Uh, Bavette, uh, Karen Bell is the chef, and uh, 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 Justin Carlisle, who cooked in Madison previously, uh, is the the chef at Ardent. Um, and they've both gotten attention before uh, from the awards. Uh, Justin's actually been on the on the shortlist a couple of times now in a row. I think. I think he's like four years yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. I had a birthday dinner at Ardent that was pretty amazing, but it's a birthday dinner kind of place. Sure, it's a tasting yeah. menu. Yep. Yeah. Whereas Bavette La Boucherie is—I don't know that I'm saying that right—but Bavette La Boucherie very close. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they're more like uh, a butcher shop deli. Yeah, like uh, underground butcher if it had seats. Right. Yeah. yeah very neighborhood focused, kind of not like really in your face culinary aspirations kind of thing. Just. It's very comfortable. I went there a few years ago with my husband, and he was looking at the menu, and I think everything had like something where he either had to ask what it was, or he wasn't sure that he wanted that pepper on it. And I looked at the menu, and I thought, I want every single thing. Yeah, they're like little bouquets of food. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very, I I just, I find it very charming. It's the kind of place where like, 
you want to have a glass of rosé in the middle of the day and just like... It's a nice view out the front window too. Hang out. Casual little urban cityscape. Yeah. yeah. Well, Justin Carlyle's been opening more things in Milwaukee, too, right? He's got, like, a taco place. Yeah, yeah. And Red Light Ramen, which is the thing kind of everyone uh, knew him for, at least when he did the little pop-up for Chef Week uh, a little while back, um, which sure. is great. Yeah. Um, that's its own restaurant now, so it does, he doesn't do that out of the red uh, out of the Arden space anymore. Um, it's got its own storefront, so he can focus on the two things separately. And, yeah, he just he's, he's a rampaging empire of Justin Carlyle-ness. In Minneapolis, I think you were the one who told me to go to Tilia. And yes. It's beautiful. Love it. It's in the Linden Hills neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Linden. Tilia being the yeah the Latin for the the Linden tree. Yeah. So why? What do you? You've been there before, clearly. What yeah. do, you, do you like it? What have you been? I, well, you know, I, I may be um, extra inclined to love it because uh, my wife and I went there and sat at the bar. You know, and it's always great when you sit at the bar. That adds an extra point on the on the scale. Um, but you know, it's got a, it's got kind of a rustic sensibility, but it, it's also really well composed. You know, they, they uh, have a tendency to to use a little bit, maybe one degree off of what you'd expect ingredients. You know, like a, there was a dessert that had goat's milk rather than sheep or, or cow's milk you know it's just it's just a little bit more challenging than what you'd anticipate either the higher degree of difficulty for the kitchen or the higher degree of appreciation for the diner or something like that and they they generally stick those landings which is you know what makes them land on this list it was really cool to go it was really cool to see the wine list had a lot of things i'd never seen before mm, and yeah. that's always a pro for me sure, it's like sure. i don't have a lot of us here to go so let's check this out and have yeah. some fun with some greek white and a place like that 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 does have um the kind of the initiative to do something interesting and sort of not high-minded necessarily, but ambitious mm-hmm. anyway, uh, also provides little metal lunch boxes full of crayons for kids. I mean, and pulls it off, you know, because so it's not so tiny that you can't bring your family there. It's in the middle of a residential neighborhood. So you kind of have to be able to cater to families and, and the, the neighbors that, that are living around you. And they managed to do that and still be a, a culinarily interesting restaurant, which is really neat. I saw Spoon and Stable from across the way from Bachelor Farmer and Marvel Bar where I was going. And it looked lovely. It had like an open window in the front with seats there and everything. But I've never been to Spoon and Stable. That's yeah, a new same, one for me. unfortunately, yeah. Um, and Young Joni. I, I just, I hear nonstop raves about that place. And that, I'm going to be in the Twin Cities in uh, June. So I'm really hopeful that that, that may end up on, on my go-to list. Any thoughts about the Chicago uh, Beard nominees this year? It's a good list. Like, there's no, hell, I don't remember ever hearing of that one before. Like, I've, I've been to them, uh, or at least some of them anyway, um, you know, and uh, I feel like everyone in that category really has a, a really strong chance of winning. I liked Fat Rice a lot. Um, oh, I liked Fat Rice, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, my dad has a, a certain amount of uh, Indonesian heritage uh, going back. So, like, it, it, it's not like I've been there or anything like that or lived there, but it sort of spoke to me on a personal level, which is fun. Not a thing that you have that happen very often with Indonesian food. The cookbook writer who did the Fat Rice Cookbook is also working with Tori Miller on his cookbook. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. And I have no idea when that's coming out. Right. So. Yeah. Um, but Fat Rice was one where I, it was a awful rainy day and my bus was delayed and I like walked there in the rain and sat like quietly at the bar by myself and it was just so wonderful and comforting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's got a nice little uh, 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 bar seating situation there too, a little kitchen bar. Um, it's just this really nice spot. And they have a little bakery, too, that that has some pretty delectable kind of guilty pleasure sort of 
very high calorie treats, you know, which is just exactly what you want out of that sort of thing. Um, you know, Parachute uh, has a lot of uh, hype for it too. Um, Elska is also, you know, I just, I, I see that pop up a lot in my, you know, sort of Midwest food feeds. So I think it's kind of a toss up. I'm leaning Elska, but I think maybe Parachute. All right, cool. So you also work on the heat map for Madison for Eater? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what is on it this year and how you decide that. So the idea behind the, the heat map is uh, places that have opened or you can kind of fudge it with if there's been a significant change, like a, a ownership change, a chef change, a major menu change, something like that, um, uh, within the last 12 months. Um, and so it, the clock for me started when I started working on it, so they, they maybe opened about 13 months ago or so, but um, around there. Um, and... Uh, what you what you, what I want to do anyway is I, I first of all I look over the places that I review just because I know them the best, um, and you kind of get a vibe for for what people are talking about whether it's on social media whether you see, um, you know if there's controversy uh, you know diverging opinions you know, but I do also consider whether or not I could ultimately recommend the place uh, on any measure. Um, it doesn't have to be like a, an A plus five star kind of uh, restaurant. You know they can be really really casual. I have Ogden's. North Street Diner on there, you know, which is just, it's a little neighborhood diner. There's nothing, you know, highfalutin about it, but it's, it's fun. And people talked about it and it was very busy, um, for a while there. I think it still is. Um, you know, obviously Mint Mark is on the list. That's kind of like the opening of the last year, um, in a lot of ways. So, uh, that's, that's definitely, you know, that, that measures as, as hot as talked about. Um, you know, other places that, uh, that have just gotten reviews from a number of the publications in town, um, Long table, Cam Triple Indie, things like that that um, that get talked about either because they were reviewed or get reviewed because they were talked about, you know, that kind of thing. I thought actually, if it hadn't been outside of the twelve months, I think honestly, sliced deli, that weird little former Arby's, might have merited inclusion in this at one point, just because it garners so much conversation. It's just really bizarre. Um, but yeah, it, it's basically where have I gone? Where have I reviewed? Where have I seen people talking about going? Where have other uh, publications reviewed? Uh, you know, what's getting a lot of activity on you know Yelp or whatever that kind of thing, um, or who you know which restaurants are sort of making their presence known on some of those same venues and where they got an active Facebook presence, active Instagram thing. Uh, kind of that kind of helps me direct my radar dish. Yeah, one of the surprises for me, I, I finally did make it to Camp Triple Indy this spring, and the food was just fun and casual, mm-hmm. but I loved the vibe of the place yeah. so much now, and the blind was bland. Yeah, I know, right, one vowel off, yeah. <laughs> and this just has so much more character, so I'm glad that made the list. Yeah. Um, I loved Long Table when I went there. That was really great. Those boards were really fun. Yeah. Um, that was what we talked about at the end of the year, I think, last mm-hmm. year. Yep. That's got to be a fun exercise to do, because it sort of makes you take a step back and look around. Yeah, it gets you out of your own head a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it can start there, but you really have to be able to justify it outside of that. You know, so like a, a Taiwan Little Eats is on the list. And, you know, I, I had some friends who talked about it pretty pretty vocally as just being really interesting and, and the menu being kind of like eye-popping to a certain extent. And I went and it was just jam-packed with people, like no seating room at all. Unfortunately, I was planning on taking it out anyway. So, you know, knowing that, it's got that popularity. I've seen people talking about it. Before I ever set foot in there, I know this is probably going to be a place that's going to merit attention. For sure. Oh, and Working Draft. That's one that you've yeah. been to. Love you... it. Yeah. Uh, again, talking about fitting perfectly into its its neighborhood. Um, you know, it's not doing anything super crazy. It's focusing a lot on hops, 
but not exclusively. And they don't necessarily, um, and the focus on hops doesn't infect the other styles that they also brew. You know, you can get um, an unfiltered Pilsner that isn't like, oh, wow, there's 15 different kinds of hops in this unfiltered Pilsner. And it, this should be clean and crisp and, and refreshing and not turn your face inside out uh, hoppy or bitter, you know. So they're, they're doing a, a number of other styles in addition to the sort of hazy, juicy IPA kind of thing. But they're also doing those and they're fun. Nice. So it reminds me a little bit of uh, the Isthmus Dining Guide dropped recently, and you do different sort of features for that as well. And I was trying, I was looking up something the other day about um, a bar burger, and I realized that I, and I was trying to find that, that bar burger list that you did. Right. So, and that was what, from 2017? Yeah, that was not the most recent dining magazine, but the previous years, yeah. Right, right, right. So you did... Tell us a little bit about what that was. So you, you did like a roundup of bar, just bar burgers. What were your parameters? Basically, if it felt like a bar to me, which is a really, you know, obviously a very fuzzy uh, measure. It's like the, the tavern distinction of yeah. like, does a tavern have food or not? If a tavern has food, it's usually not the focus, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I try to find a representative chunk of, of those because I know obviously there's a ton more than what I covered in this and I have – an idea of maybe returning to it somewhere down the road for volume two, but um, pick the places that I that I knew relatively well, or that I knew people would be like, whoa, 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 why did not why didn't this get on the list? You know, for the first go around, because there's no guarantee you do a second one, um, and that you know just kind of focus on what makes them distinct as a caribou burger or as a player's burger or as a, an oak crest burger. You know what. What sort of defines the vibe? And I, I talked to some of the people who worked uh, at some of the various bars. Were there some that you discovered along the way that you hadn't known about? Like, oh, gosh, I've been hearing about this one burger at a particular place, and I'm finally going to go and do it. Like it like it pushes you to do the yeah. things you've been meaning to do? Yep, yep, yeah. The Players uh, was one that I'd heard uh, really good things about from friends and, and uh, just had never gotten there and went there, and it was great. It was really good. Uh, the Eagle Crest Bar is insane the burger specifically is insane it is so big it's the only one that i recall uh that actually offered a price for a shared burger like you could split the burger and it was on the menu as a split burger it's a one pound burger that's an that's an incredible amount of yeah nobody needs to eat all that by themselves anyhow needs to uh, versus does i did how long did it take you (laughs) I don't remember. I kind of blacked out about two thirds of the way through, probably. So yeah, like the places like that where you know you hear a legend of the Eagle Crest Burger. And you're like, okay, I finally got to get over there and check it out because it's sort of on my side of town. And it's like, okay, well, this is going to have to happen now. And then you walk in and you see, oh my god, these are one pound burgers. No one ever told me that. What what happens frequently with these dining concepts is that a nugget from one year will inspire the next year. So uh, the most recent one was the special specials concept, which is basically outside of fish fry and prime rib, what do various restaurants or bars or whatever around town do as a one day a week special every week all the time? It's not just like, well, they, hey, we got a good deal and the quality of such and such a fish or cut of meat was good and let's do that as a special. But every week, reliably, same special. Um, same, like same, same or like it's going to be a taco, but you're going to figure out when you get there what kind of taco it is. Like The more same, same, the better. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like the thing that sort of spun off was the uh, 
the secret cheeseburger that that Tori Miller does at Estreon over in the bar. Um, and he's been doing that for a while now. Um, but uh, he does it every Wednesday without fail, and it's always you know basically I, pretty much the same burger. I finally had it a couple of months ago, and I was like, all right, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's big, I, it's messy. It's, I get yeah. the che- the secret cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, 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 the hamburguesa. Yeah, as he always puts it on Instagram because he always he only hypes it really on Instagram. So, um, so that that kind of informed the idea for this year's, which was these things. So I just basically went throughout the calendar week and I tried to find one, maybe two places per day that had a signature special. So another one on Wednesday because I I couldn't not talk about the the Estreon burger, but uh, Long Table does loose meat, which if you've ever been to Iowa is the same thing as a made right sandwich. We used to have one in Madison, a made right many years ago, and that turned into Nifty Fifties over on Odana. If anyone remembers that, and they just closed a few years back, retired. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically like a sloppy Joe without the tomato goo. You know, it's just it's ground beef boiled or sautéed. You know, with pickles, mustard, onions, maybe ketchup if you're into ketchup on that. I mean, I grew up with things like shit on a shingle. So like foods that have weird sounding names. Yeah, not yeah. 100% that are not new. built on beauty. But right. but loose meat, uh, the Ohioan in me can't deal. Well, if you, uh, and this is maybe a TV show non grata uh, nowadays, but it's there's a sh- sandwich at the little restaurant that Roseanne worked at in the old Roseanne show. Um, was and it's actually the place that inspired Long Table's loose meat sandwich is the, also the same place that inspired the restaurant in Roseanne, mm-hmm. because uh, Matt Van Ness, the owner at Long Table, grew up in Atumna, Iowa, Atumna, Atumwa, I can't remember now, Atum something, Iowa, uh, and this little canteen uh, lunch place does a loose meat sandwich, and it's kind of the indie alternative to Made Right, and so he grew up near it. He has fond memories of it. He wanted to do something special, but obviously it's not something where you can be like, hey, we're going to do this every day and count on a certain percentage of our income from people ordering loose meats in Madison, Wisconsin. So so he did it one day a week, and it's pretty good. I mean, it, it's presented traditionally because I've had a made right in Iowa. You know, it, it comes in a paper wrapper. It comes with a little plastic spoon tucked into the paper wrapper because stuff always falls out invariably. Um, and it's really it, – it's, it's very traditional. You can get it with cheese if you want. You can get it with – various toppings and it's just a super simple um really interesting thing that you just don't find any other places really so it's it's pretty signature to to long table at this point what were some other discoveries that you made in reporting that oh let's see well you know the the scallop potatoes and ham at the midtown pub yeah on on uh mondays is pretty bonkers like it's it's so simple and it's so home cooking there are other things on the on the the list this year that are sort of late night focused. The the Thursday night fried chicken biscuit at Mint Mark is super good. Uh, their biscuits are really tender, with, but with just enough crunch on the outside. They're still kind of messy in a sandwich form. Like they're they're better just to be picked at, you know, for breakfast or, or brunch. But um, as far as turning them into a sandwich, they split them and they toast the cut side so they have a little bit more structure to them and put a little sauce, a little pickle. And a you know big hot piece of fried chicken and it's super good and it's only on Thursdays only on late night Thursdays. What's at the Green Lantern? Uh, so that was actually a contribution from from Linda, my editor. So they do basically a Thanksgiving every Tuesday. <laughs> so yeah, so you can get your turkey, your your stuffing, your sides every Tuesday if you want it. I like that you said like, are you going to make Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> right, on Tuesday? Right, right. No, yeah, you're no, not. No. Yeah, exactly. You, you want this. Turn it over to someone who's got the time. 
Yeah, for sure. I kind of love that, you know, we can sort of talk about some of these restaurants and we're talking about from the highest of high end, you know, something like Ardent, which is, you know, very special occasion to like scallop potatoes at the Midtown Pub. Yeah. And that's dining in Wisconsin. Right. I kind of love that. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming in. My pleasure. This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison produced by the Capital Times. Our music was composed by Patrick Christians. Check out captimes.com for food and drink news and follow us on Facebook at Corner Table Podcast. Kyle Nabilsi's work can be found at Isthmus and his Eater Heat Map for Madison Restaurants is live now. As always, if you like what you've heard, subscribe to The Corner Table anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Cap Times food writer Lindsay Christians, and my wish for you this week is a big bowl of ahi tuna poke with all the tasty toppings. Cheers! <laughs>